atheists have several problems. They do not think a negative can be proven. They do not think physical reality needs to be proven. They think their judgment is infallible. Coincidentally, these three positions buttress each other and create something of an intellectual fortress which permits atheists to argue without the slightest concern for intellectual integrity. The assertion that negatives cannot be proved is untrue and everyone knows this. We know there are no elephants in the room and that 2 plus 2 is not equal to 5, or any other number but 4. But when pressed, atheists retreat to the fallback position that while there are many thousands of gods, atheists deny the existence of one less god than Christians. But if Christians have rejected the existence of other gods, Christians are able to prove a negative. We have proven that Zeus and all other hypothesized gods do not exist. So, why can't atheists prove God does not exist, unless he does? But to help them prove a negative, it was thought someone ought to explain how a negative is proved. To make the argument easier to follow, the author will prove Zeus does not exist. We look around and do not see Zeus. But more importantly, we look at reality and can see no possible reason why he might exist. Zeus is informationally inert. He leads to no understandings nor is he derivable from the truths we have. The idea of Zeus is an anomaly. He does not exist where we are at and is incompatible culturally to what we have established, so obviously he does not exist. The argument will be made that he may exist elsewhere. He may, but we do not. His possible existence elsewhere is a positive claim and positive claims can be tested. The person making the claim can mention where they think he might exist. He can, if he can, demonstrate that in that location, Zeus does indeed, exist. However, we know he does not exist in our reality. Oddly, those secularists dispute the logical soundness of basing universal assumptions on a limited number of observations, this is precisely what they do when they assert physical reality exists. For an atheist, the existence of physical reality is a given, otherwise they would have no grounds for rejecting God's existence. But the existence of physical reality is a positive affirmation they cannot achieve. In reality their assumptions about reality are never tested and rarely questioned. When claims about reality are tested the results are never positive. As trite as it is, the only test to prove physical reality exists consists of hitting a table with one's fist, though the incurably ignorant will suggest walking off the top of a high building is a scientifically credible way to test for the physicality of reality. Such experiments prove there are laws regulating the universe, but no one is contesting that. We do not even argue that if one hits a table with fist or head, pain will be experienced. But what is pain but a sensation in the head? One cannot see or smell pain. It has no mass or spatial dimension. Pain is subjective and atheists claim that what is subjective is not real. How is feeling a table proof physical reality exists? It is a subjective experience. Objectivity only means the phenomenon is shared. An objective truth is common to several observers and can be repeated in a predictable way.
everyone who hits table feels the impact. But facts are transformed into a subjective experience only when a critic claims he sees things differently. If his explanation is convincing, then the group revises their interpretation and begins to see things as the critic interprets them. No matter how scientifically proven a perception is or provable, it is subjective if no one else agrees to it. This is why atheists insist the perception of God is purely on faith. What they really mean it is a subjective experience. And by this they mean they do not share the perception of a Christian. Yet, Christianity is an experience shared by many. Objective truths are impressions that are correlated. We all see the same tree, at the same time and we all agree on its specifics of size, width, color and so on. Truth is not just an agreement, it is an interconnected set of correlations. Truth is defined ultimately, by the coherency of our beliefs. An agreement on what impacts our brains is what is considered objective truth. But there remains no objective test for quality, such as purple. We do not know if what I feel is what you feel when we touch something. Is what you say is rough the same sensation I get when I say something feels rough? When atheists claim there is no evidence that God exists, what are they claiming? They are saying they do not use the God hypothesis as an explanation for what their brain experiences. That they have no evidence for the existence of God is of no great importance. Atheists do not have proof objective reality exists or that African elephants are heavier than the India elephant. To even try and establish absolute facts is alien to the secularist position. After all, truth is a popularity sport for secularists. Truth is what can be correlated across the most people. There is no objective measure of truth. When we say Santa does not exist, we say it to adults not to children. This does not mean Santa does not exist just because adults find no credible evidence for his existence. We ought to say he does not exist as a physical person occupying physical space. Santa Claus does exist for children and for their parents, at least during the Christmas season. The physical Santa played by congenial men everywhere is not important. This is why the physical aspect of Santa do not concern children, despite the many disparate images of him. Children are closer to the truth, because they have not been brainwashed into the acceptable view. Reality is logical, not physical. Santa as a concept, is a simplification of parental love. Santa personifies love in the way the mind of a child can understand. The parent provides for the child. Their love and generosity is an indicator of the child's value and inherent worth. Now Zeus could be said to be real, but Zeus is no longer relevant. The information he used to convey is lost. His meaning is lost to time. We have only a skeletal idea of what Zeus meant to the ancients. In some ways this is what Nietzsche meant when he remarked that God is dead. The meaning that was conveyed has been corrupted and nullified, at least for a good number of persons. Atheists think that because they no longer grasp the significance of God, that God is dead. Sunsets, flowers, marriage and so on, have all lost their religious significance. 
many things have eroded in importance and significance over time. How do we prove God exists to a people who are far from Him, who think lies are truth and truth is a lie? The truth is there is no way to prove God exists in a reality in which proof is not permitted. How do you prove God exists to a people who deny there is proof for anything, negative or positive? Secularists cannot be convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that the sun will rise tomorrow. Empiricism does not lend itself to absolute certainty. No number of observations are sufficient to dispel all doubt or potentialities. It is not impossible that by some bad luck, all the atoms of air will all move to one corner of the room. It is not an absolute impossibility. Regardless of what we mention, is it not impossible for the sequence of events we call normality, will be broken and that the novel will not become a new norm. For atheists, it is not the negative that cannot be proven, it is the positive. There is no genuine proof for anything real. Reality is ultimately something atheists take on faith because their experience has inured them against any other possibility. But intellectually they cannot validate their faith in this normality with scientific evidence. The atheist contends they cannot prove a negative. They cannot prove God does not exist and so they say it behoves the person making the positive claim to provide sufficient evidence for the claim. But the fact that they make the request for a positive proof of God's existence is an implicit assumption and claim that positive proofs are possible. So, it ought to be possible to provide an example of what level of evidence leads to an incontrovertible proof. But there is nothing in the atheist paradigm that is proven. That is the odd truth of secularism. They argue there is no proof and yet are dogmatic that their beliefs are the only ones anyone ought to entertain. This is where Christians have been outsmarted and outmaneuvered. Secularists got Christians thinking that to disprove the existence of Zeus we only need to go to Mount Olympus and look for Zeus, not seeing him we can conclude he does not exist. But this also means that we need only find out where God is, point to him, and atheist will convert. In fact, neither is the case. Observation, or its lack, convinces no one. Otherwise, we would believe in magic. In reality, an observation proves nothing. Not seeing Zeus on Mount Olympus only means we did not see Zeus on Mount Olympus. Not seeing Sasquatch in a visit to the boreal forest does not prove Bigfoot does not exist. But we must not generalize the insufficiency of observation into a claim that negatives cannot be proven. One cannot prove a physical thing does not exist because the possibilities are infinite that the entity might exist in some other way or place. We can only exclude locations in something akin to a grid-by-grid -grid search. If we systematically look for an entity within a specific set of time and space coordinates, we can conclude within that particular space-time frame, the entity does not exist. If we all do this, we can systematically eliminate the possibility of a thing's existence at least within any conventional meaning of the term. But this is a far different claim than saying we can remove a person's ability to doubt. But the problem of proof and the inadequacy of empirical proofs is due to the way liberals understand reality. The need for physical proof, 
which is never sufficient and never reaches the threshold of sufficiency, is necessitated because by the conventional view of existence as a physical attribute of substance. What if substance was not physical but informational? The nature of evidence would also be altered. We cannot assert that the statement, Zeus exists, does not exist. It exists as a physical thing, but does it exist as information? The words exist, but are they meaningful in the way they are constructed? In the physical world, the only way the statement can be demonstrated nonsensical is by searching all possible locations and determining Zeus was in none of them. But what if Zeus is not physical? However, that possibility is not considered by secularists. Because the non-physical cannot register on their senses they deny anything non-physical, such as information, exists. What if we looked at the issue from another angle and asked why is the statement being made? If we turn the statement into a question what difference would the answer make? Atheists say there is no proof of God. We have demonstrated this is highly dependent on the environment in which one looks. The more important question is, would it matter if God existed and if it does matter, why does it matter and how much does it matter? Think of the issues that have plagued humankind for the last 6,000 years. Let's assume God does not exist. Therefore, God has no irrelevance in these events. Even if we say theists are causing wars the fact is, if God does not exist, we cannot logically blame the violence on him. Ultimately, if God does not exist then people are causing the problem and some use faith as a reason and the rest use other reasons to justify what they do. If God does exist then it logically requires us to link God with these wars, that is, if we intend to hold him accountable for war. But where does this get us? Even if God created war, God does as he wills. If he does not exist, why invent him to avoid being accountable? If he does exist, he has made us accountable. Either way, we are accountable for our actions. If we ignore the issue about physical reality for a time and look at statements as information, we no longer need to look for physical forms to test for existence. We do not need the eyes of God to ensure something does not exist. Zeus does not exist because Zeus has no informational value. Existence in the case of Zeus is the same as non-existence. The idea has no deductive value. To postulate the existence of Zeus does not lead to more concise understanding. Zeus does not generate coherent thought. The same with the other gods. Buddha may be an idea that has meaning within a particular frame of reference, but it is not useful as a tool of elucidation. Believing in Buddha does not give us useful information. God is the highest and most perfect of all conceptions. If we think of Zeus and of something greater than this, he is not God. Other applicants for the role of God suffer from the same inadequacy. But to understand better why Zeus and other gods do not exist we can look at why God does exist. When it is said God exists, we are not claiming he has a material form. That would diminish him. God cannot be located in time and space because this would elevate time and space over him. If God does not exist, 
denial of him would have positive results. Thinking would improve by adopting a higher conception of truth. If he does not exist, we are left with unresolvable issues. Without God we have a world and a lot of people with no means to share than by resorting to violence or the threat of violence. Without God we have no more right to claim a toothbrush than the entire world. The mechanism is the same. If you make a claim you need to defend the claim by physical force. You can fight for what is yours, alone or in concert with a group. Needless to say, claims of ownership are legitimized by the strongest and most ruthless men. But if we accept God exists then God owns the universe. If he did not, then he could be higher than we hypothesize him to be. If God owns the universe humans own nothing physical. We can and do own the value we add to what was created by God. We cannot own the substance created by God. If we adhere to this principle freeloading is eliminated, and with it go all of the consequences or manifestations of parasitism. This includes such things as unemployment, debt, taxation, inflation, poverty and so much else. God exists because He has to. We cannot be perfected, and our truth cannot be perfected, without God. We do not need Zeus. We do not need to be the demigods of atheism, we need the highest and most perfect God we can imagine to be perfected by Him.